Welcome to Why I'm Voting, a production of iHeartRadio. Listen, you already know this, but it's an election year. You might already be tired of hearing about it, but here's the thing. Democracy doesn't work without you. I'm Holly Fry, and I'm sitting down with many of my fellow podcasters from Will Ferrell to Stephanie Rule, as well as other luminaries to find out about their relationships with the ballot box and ultimately just to find out why they vote. I hope you're exercising your right to vote. And if you're not, I hope that their stories inspire you. Welcome to Why I'm Voting. Today, I am joined by singer, songwriter, musician Adam Met. He and his two brothers make up the indie pop trio, AJR, which released its latest and very, very catchy single, Bang, in February this year. He is also very, very interested in a lot of important issues. And most importantly, he is a voter. Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You are the eldest of your brothers, correct? Yes. So as we do this, I'm going to get to some leadership questions. (laughs) Uh, But first, I want to ask you if you remember when you specifically learned as a kid about voting and that this was a responsibility you would one day take on. Yeah, absolutely. My first memory of just learning about the election process, I think I was in fifth grade and it was the Bush-Gore election. And it was such a contested election that everyone was listening on the radio just to kind of hear what was going on because we, we didn't get a result until many days after the election was over. And so I was constantly listening on the radio and they were saying over and over again what was happening and that they were still waiting and waiting for votes to come in. So much so that my parents sent me downstairs to practice piano because I hadn't practiced piano in a bunch of days. And I didn't practice at all because all I was doing was listening to the radio. So just like kind of play a little bit, but really just be focusing on the radio. <laughs> and so it kind of interrupted my my music career so much so that, you know, I, I started to have a little problem with my parents. Nice. <laughs> did you then, because clearly you were a kid that was very fascinated by it. So did you register to vote right yeah. away when you turned 18? I did. When I turned 18, it was just before the general election when Obama was running. So I wasn't able to vote in the primary, but I could vote in the general. And that was such an amazing experience for me. I mean, I studied a little bit of kind of political science and a bunch of other things in school. So it was such an honor for me to walk into a public school first, which is a really cool thing that you can go and vote in a public school. And second, that I could actually vote and pull the lever. I went with my dad the first time because I had no idea what to do. And I know now there's like electronic voting machines and all this stuff. But to actually pull the lever and poke the little holes in the ballot, that was such a rewarding experience for me. That's so cool. Now, as I mentioned, you are the older brother. So did you feel a sense of responsibility to encourage your siblings to get registered when they turned 18? Or did you not have to? Were they also like you ready to go? They're pretty on it. I had to push a little bit. But I mean, we travel all over the world so much and see so many different kinds of people and the issues they're facing in the United States and, you know, in Europe and Asia and Australia and all these other places. So they're very much in touch 
with the, you know, the successes of voting and what voting can do to actually make change. So at the last election, we voted by absentee, but they were actually really on it. They got their absentee ballots sent out to them on the road and and we voted from a tour bus. I love it. Yeah. In my head, I'm hoping there's a photo of all of you filling out your ballots together. (laughs) Now, you are very engaged in a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. So I am presuming that you are also very active in local elections. Yeah. So when it comes to researching for local elections, which takes a little more effort, and also, again, I know you have a whole level of information from your previous work. Will you talk about how you synthesize all of that information, your research process, et cetera, to make sure that for every time you fill out that ballot or go to the booth, that you are informed and you're selecting the people that are going to uphold the values that you have. Absolutely. I mean, I talk about this all the time. Funny enough, I have a podcast coming out called Planet Reimagined, where we talk about all different kinds of sustainability. And a few of the episodes have been about mobilization and voting and finding out who you should be voting for and how you do that research. So we've spoken to Andrew Yang about this. We've spoken to the founders of March for Our Lives And they all have really interesting perspectives. And so I've kind of created my perspective out of an amalgam of all of these different people. And the first thing I always think about is the change that can be affected on the local level. Like you said, yes, you're voting in a presidential election and your vote absolutely matters. But let's say that's 300 million people. At the state level, you're also voting. And let's say on average, that's somewhere around 10 million people. So your vote matters a little bit more on the city level. You're voting and there could be, you know, around one to two million people in your city. Your vote matters even more. At the very local level, you could be voting among a pool of a few thousand people. Yeah. And those are the elected officials that make the decisions about things that are so relevant to you today. Everything from police funding, whatever side of the issue you fall on on that, that is very much done at the local level. Climate initiatives. And that's something that I'm extremely passionate about Cities and states, they are some of the biggest funders of climate initiatives. New York City, where I am, they have amazing wind and solar programs. So you don't necessarily need to just rely on the federal level for that to happen. And to answer your question, where you find these answers are from the individual people because you're voting for an individual person. And at the same time, you're voting for their policies. So there are a lot of organizations that I work with. One is called Sunrise, and they're really fantastic on climate. So if you go and research the Sunrise movement, they will tell you exactly where every single official sits on all of these issues. And so my big thing is that your vote absolutely does matter because you're not just voting for the president. It is so important that everyone understands you could be one of just a few hundred people in your district that are voting for somebody. And whether you care about education or climate or healthcare or inequality, and hopefully you care about all of those things, the local people are the ones that are making those big changes. Well, and I think too, right? Like the local governance is what you feel the most immediately and directly in your day-to-day life. Definitely. We've had some very fun conversations on the show of people going, you're mad at the wrong people. Like you have to vote for your local people. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the people you need to talk to. Absolutely. In elections where people think they already know how it's going to shake out and they might not be as motivated to get out there, What are your thoughts on that and why it's still important to do the thing? Now, more than ever, people are reevaluating how our election system works. And so right now, what you're voting for is not just the person who's going to be in office, 
but the potential of rebuilding our election system so voices count more than ever. There are so many ideas of how we're going to reframe the Electoral College, or there's this idea called ranked choice voting, which I'm a really big fan of, and I think it allows kind of third party and different candidates from different parts of the parties for their voices to be heard even more. And so by voting for one candidate today, that means your voice is going to be able to be heard even stronger and even more prevalently in the future. So it's not just about your vote today. So I'm wondering what your election day rituals are, since you're probably going to be once again (laughs) doing a mail-in vote, as are many. And since your siblings are also engaged in voting, do you guys do stuff together? Do you have a meal? Do you discuss what you voted on? Like, how does that day play out for you normally? It's interesting this year because we talk about it all the time. We talk about everyone from the local officials that we're voting for all the way up to the presidential election. And there will be some sort of ritual, but I can't emphasize this enough. It's not going to be on election day because you need to vote early. You need to register early and you need to vote early because we don't know what's going to be happening with the postal service. So it's going to be happening a few weeks before. But I think that's going to look like probably a meal of some sort. We're big fans of Chinese food, so we'll probably do like a big order in, take out Chinese food meal and discuss everything and see if we're on the same page. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be on the same page. I might not be on the same page as my brothers for everything. I think generally we agree, but there might be some, you know, local officials that prioritize one thing over another, and that's totally okay as long as you're having the discussion about it. I now want you to write a handbook on how to talk to your family and disagree about political issues (laughs) because it seems like you all adore each other just the same. (laughs) If you were in a position where you were talking to someone who is eligible to vote but is not using that right and you wanted to try to just make clear to them how important it is, what's the one thing you would tell them? I would say the one thing that has been the most convincing for me is at this moment, you're not voting just for the next president of the United States. You're voting for a few Supreme Court justices. And if you think about the history of the court decisions over the last hundred years, there have been so many incredible advancements. And if you think about the people on the court that are promoting those advancements, that's what you're voting for. You're voting for education. You're voting for gender equality. You're voting for, you know, climate. You're voting for all of these things. And a president has either a four-year term or an eight-year term, but a Supreme Court justice has a lifetime term. So you have to make a decision now about what you want that lifetime term of a Supreme Court justice to look like. Perfect. Adam, thank you so much for talking to me about voting today. Tell us the name of your podcast again. It's called Planet Reimagined, and it's coming out September 24th. (gasps) I'm so excited. I'm going to be all over that. Are you kidding? (laughs) Thank you again for spending this time and for voting and for making it a family affair. Of course. You're like the dream. (laughs) Thank you for having me today. Hey, are you not registered to vote yet, but you think it's something you want to do? You may still have time. Voter registration deadlines vary by state, so to find out the scoop for where you are, check out a nonpartisan registration voting site like headcount.org or fairvote.org. Why I'm Voting is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen to your favorite shows. 